It's a man named Dr. Herbert Spencer who said that there is a principle which is a bar against any information and guaranteed to keep man in everlasting ignorance. And that uh, principle is contempt prior to investigation. Oh, I hate that. Have you watched it? Have you seen it? Have you tried it? No, I just hate it. It's like, well, have you tried loving it? No. Uh, and, and so to investigate our spirituality, to investigate forgiveness, to investigate love where you thought there was no love, to investigate the weather that you like or, like or don't like, investigate to see what it feels like when you look at it differently, when you pray on it differently. Investigate what you think about your body. Investigate where you think God is absent. And a lot of us clearly think God is absent in a lot of places. But it's not like God is a person who got busy at the office. It's not like God is a person that overslept. Every week we affirm wherever I am, God is and all is well. That's not an indication that we're about to go to lunch. That is a prayer. And it is an affirmation. Not John said earlier that, uh, excuse me, Mr. Goldfarb said earlier that uh, <laughs> I've tried all the affirmations and they're not working right now. Well, then maybe you haven't tried all the affirmations, or maybe you need to sit and feel. Investigate what it feels like to sit and feel. Investigate. Oh, that's the name of my talk today. <laughs> Investigate. <laughs> Investigate to look <clears throat> at what makes me uncomfortable, and not necessarily for the cause of what makes me uncomfortable, but to just look at it and be with it and find out, is my discomfort killing me? Or am I just uncomfortable? You know, I'm, oh, I'm hungry. I'm starving. I am just starving. You, you think I hadn't eaten in weeks instead of a few hours ago. But investigate that discomfort that thinks, I have got to, to uh, put something in me in order to not feel this way. Because I don't want to feel this way. But investigate the feeling. Investigate, meaning look at it. Just look at it without a story. Set the story down over here for a little bit. And just look at the feeling, the discomfort. I told you, when I, when I was quitting smoking, I thought, I'll never be able to talk on the phone again. I'll never be able to drive a car again. And then I investigated. And I found out I have talked on the phone again. It's not as much fun as it used to be, but I can talk on a phone and not smoke a cigarette. And I can drive a car without smoking a cigarette. I could do a lot. I can stay awake without smoking a cigarette. There was a time I didn't know if I could be awake and not smoke. Because I was afraid of the discomfort. Just the thought of putting down a lifelong habit.
it wasn't my entire life. It was only since fifth grade, but nevertheless, uh, it was a long-term habit that uh, I, I was afraid because what am I going to do? People, so so many people are afraid to meditate. I can't meditate. I were you ever one of those people? Tell I I can't meditate. I don't know how to meditate. It's too hard for me to meditate. I. Uh, I, I, at one point, I was I was one of those people, but I've heard it. I don't know how to meditate. And it's like, well, how well have you tried? Oh, I, I just think while I'm doing it. I just I, I just go off on tangents of thinking. Mm -hmm, that's part of meditation practice. That's normal uh, when we meditate a lot of times, especially if we're not in the habit of doing it. We'll go off on a tangent of thinking, of thoughts. Imagine that. Well, we're thinking beings. And somehow we think we're bad because I just can't get still. I can't get quiet. It's like, you will. You sit there long enough, you'll get quiet. So I always teach five-minute meditations. Five-minute meditations. Count to four over and over again for five. Five times breathing in on one, exhaling on two. Don't say them out loud. Just have the thought. One, two, three, four. For, for five minutes. For God is, I am. That's my very favorite. Just have the thought. God is. On the in-breath, I am on the out-breath. Five minutes. Set a timer so you're not peeking at a clock somewhere. When I first started teaching that, I used to say, so you're not pe peeking at the VCR clock, but who, who has that anymore? <laughs> uh, uh, so, so you're not peeking at your, at your watch that will control the world from your wrist. Set a little kitchen timer. Well, I don't have a kitchen timer. Go to the store and get one. <laughs> you know, uh, set your watch for five minutes, your phone, whatever, so that you're not picked, so you could just do this. And and what's likely to happen during your investigative meditation process is you'll be, oh, that is, I am, that is, I am. What are we going to have for lunch today? Oh, God is, I am, God is, I am. Can't believe she did that to me in third grade. I just hate her. Oh, God is, I am, God is, I am. You know, and it's, it's what shoes am I going to wear later? Oh, uh, you know, whatever it is. And, and we get, we get, but you gently, the art of meditation is to gently bring yourself back. I'm so glad somebody said that to me a lot of years ago. Sean, the art of meditation, she didn't say Sean, actually, it was in a room of people, but the person speaking did say, you know, the art of meditation is that you gently bring yourself back to the, the mantra or the whatever you're doing and, and uh, stilling your mind. We don't always quiet our mind, but we can get it still. <laughs> We don't have to answer so for some of us. Five minutes is an eternity in meditation. And some people cannot yet do five minutes. And I understand some days I've had difficulty, but I stay there in the seat for five minutes. And I, uh, I don't lay down because it's not a nap time. It's a, it's a sitting and being time. And it's not a time to sit and beg God for stuff. It's a time of being because we want to investigate What's, what's going to happen if I meditate for five minutes, if I get still for just five minutes? And, and you don't get extra points for going longer. But you may really enjoy it so much that you do go longer. And suddenly you're doing 20 minutes. And that's your prerogative. But there is no time in God. And uh, in that conscious communion, you may get an answer to something you didn't even know you were looking for. It happens. And I, I sometimes keep a notebook next to me because I want to write it down because I do not fool myself. Oh, I will remember that. That is so profound. I will remember it. 
The other day, I was in a diner, and I said, I give her a great talk title. And I said, I'll, do, I'll write that down in one second. I'm doing this. And by the time I got back, to, I couldn't remember. Whatever that great talk title, for the time being, it's gone. And I could accept that. I used to have a hard time with that. And then I investigated. Can I live with this? Can I live peacefully and calmly today? Can I live as a wealthy being today without remembering that talk title? And I have found, as the years go by, I have had to find a way to become comfortable with forgetting a lot of things. Your name, for instance. <laughs> you know, it's a, I, it happens. I, I've learned to, as a minister of a church to tell people in advance, I might have to hear your name three times before I remember it. Please don't be offended when I ask again. It's, it's, it just seems to be the way it is for now. I don't find it a lacking in myself. And I have already forgiven myself, and I hope you'll forgive me if I have to ask you again. Because I've learned it's not that you're not significant, it's that I've gone blank. You know, many nouns I don't remember. Anybody? <laughs> the nouns in general. What was that thing? What was that? I love it. David has a great solution to that because he investigated what to do with it and he brain find it for me. And it's really often within five minutes he'll 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 have that word, whatever that is. And so there are ways, there are ways to get through to things in our investigation. Of, of this humanity mixed with our spiritualness, our spirituality, you know, to, to, if we investigate, if we don't just, oh, I'm bad because this happened. Oh, this is awful. This wouldn't have happened if I didn't have that family. Well, it's like, maybe it would, but investigate, investigate the forgiveness process, investigate. Now, does anybody remember what I say forgiveness is? Giving way, Giving way, for, way, way for a new thought. For a new thought. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Got to complete the sentence. <laughs> complete the thought. Giving way for a new thought about it, whatever it is. And so because you could say giving way for a new thought about them, but it's really the it because the problem I have with them is the it that I'm thinking it is. And the reason I still think that that's it is because I haven't investigated how they have a new thought about it. A new thought about the of what I where I have felt assaulted, where I have felt misunderstood, where I have felt confused, hurt, angry, victimized. And I over these years of studying my spirituality, I've had to ask over and over and over again. You would have thought, at least I would think, that the first one that I healed, you know, my relationship with, I'd be done because now I understand. But no, I pick and choose my resentments. <laughs> and sometimes I pick up one that was healed a long time ago because it reminds me of something. But it just means, oh, it's still an opportunity for healing as opposed to justification. There is no joyous thing like, oh, I, I, uh, I, I'm done. We're done with that. Or I should be angry at that. God, the God message I get doesn't tell me I'm ever justified in my anger. I, uh, the special fellowship I belong to says that resentment is the number one offender. And it is the most likely to make me hurt myself again. My resentment at you is the thing that is most likely to make me hurt me again. 
not hurt you, hurt me. And it is shocking to me the willingness I would have to hurt myself because I'm mad at somebody else. I could call that a form of insanity, but I would call it a spiritual malady. It is a somehow a spiritual misconstruction in me that needs to be rightly seen and rightly practiced. Does this make sense? Yeah, because we, uh, <laughs> I, I, what is that? something called Reddit that comes up on my emails and some of the videos that are in that of people misbehaving in public. And that's a nice term for it, misbehaving. People wildly demonstrating their confusion about humanity. <laughs> that might be a, a more accurate description. It is, it is just shocking to me, the racism that people will project. Not an airplane, <laughs> with how many people on it in an airport. Just shocking, the names people will call each other. And it's like, really, really, really? You are going to show your behind in front of all these people <laughs> and, and on video because they forgot to investigate a healing modality, a healing opportunity. I, uh, I, I work, I try to work diligently at my resentments. So I can keep looking and say, oh, okay, I really don't want that. It's not paying off the way I wanted to. It just doesn't, because it doesn't pay off in joy. It doesn't pay off in cash. It doesn't pay off in love. Now, I do believe that God can use anything for us to heal. Was it Course in Miracles, I believe, that says where man has placed the problem, God has placed the solution. So it does seem to me it's safe to look at the problem if I look at it with a new thought, a new investigative quality. I can look at the problem knowing and assuming I'm going to see the solution in this. I'm going to look straight at the problem rather than to shut my eyes to it, and I'm going to see the solution. And I have, on many occasions, when I've wanted to, when I've gone to it, assuming there is a solution here. And, and for me, that's what I recommend. I think you, in the midst of the confrontation, to get quiet very quickly. And I say, Spirit, what's the truth here? I'm okay if I'm wrong, but I need to know the truth so that I can come from that place rather than defense. I'm not afraid of finding out I'm wrong or I have been mistaken. It is no badge of anything to find out I've been mistaken or to own up to it. It's not a badge to own up to it. It's just setting myself free. Who here wants to know they are free? Okay, so you said it. I guess you're going to do things differently now all the time. 100% of the time because it's what you really want. I might be right about things, but that doesn't matter if I'm out of sorts. If, if my rightness gives me a badge, but loses everyone from my life.
Now, I, I read something on today, and it's in reflection to Job 31. I'm not going to read the Job 31, because it's, if I read that, it'd be just like, what are we talking about here? But I will read someone's reflection on it. It says, do we gain anything by dwelling in thought on our past actions and attempting to justify ourselves because of them? We do better to put the past behind us, whether it is good or evil, and to look forward to what we expect or hope to achieve. The forward look is more helpful than retrospect. What is the right way to meet suffering or evil of any kind? It says here to deny its reality and center our thought on the reality of the good until the latter becomes manifest in our life. Is it profitable to investigate the cause of disasters? It is more profitable to investigate the reality that forms the basis of safety and to provide all possible safeguards. So my knowing what caused this won't necessarily stop it from happening again. We're clear on this. My knowing why I got hurt won't necessarily stop me from getting hurt again. You know, I can know all about my parents' stuff. That, that won't necessarily stop me from finding my parents' stuff in other people. So knowing the cause of that isn't nearly as valuable as knowing the way through it. What is of value is to investigate what is love in its reality. What is truth and wisdom in its reality? What is peace? What is joy in its reality? As we've said, uh, the end of war does not bring peace, but peace brings the end of war. And we've been going about it the wrong way. And so if we uh, desire peace more than we desire conflict, we'll have peace. But we've got to investigate what is peace. We've got to investigate that we use our spiritual books, we use our meditation time, we use our prayer time. We might look at the past to see where we have gone awry. Not so that we can alter what we did before in the tiniest way possible in order to try to change the outcome. Because there are a lot of us, oh, fine, I'll compromise, but not much. Because we haven't investigated the full kingdom of God. Imagine that. We haven't investigated the full plan for prosperity. We haven't investigated the full plan for health and well-being and harmony. No, a lot of us, it's a, I'll change this much. I will make this because I've got to save face. I can't just be embarrassed here. It'd be humiliating for me to go to someone and say, I was completely wrong. Well, I, I don't like you, so I can't admit that I was wrong. And what if you could admit you're wrong and you still don't like the person? So what? Then investigate that after that. But come to terms with your part. Investigate. Say, oh, oh, I'm still insisting on being right. I'm still insisting that my shame is more important than my honor. I'm still insisting 
that I've got to cover up this in order to uh, not be so humiliated. And so, so we, we have to, they claim to love and fully investigate love. They claim to peace, health, anything we want. They claim to that and then, then begin to investigate it. There, you know, there, we have an inner, uh, what do you call that? An internet to begin to investigate things. Funny, I, uh, as most of you know, David, David likes his medical stuff. And I, I found a book online recently, and it's an old Unity book. And it was on eBay. I was looking for something by, by uh, Dan Lynch, or Richard Lynch, Richard Lynch. And this book, and I can't, I don't remember who wrote it now, called An MD Speaks. And it's a Unity book from like the 30s or 40s. And I bought, I said, let me buy this for David. He loved it. He couldn't get enough of that book. He said, we should teach that. I said, I don't know that there are enough copies left uh, on the planet in order to, to, to teach it. But it thrilled him. You know, we find our way in. You know, how can all of us best hear the unity message? Hear the love message. Hear the peace and pride. I know I keep saying these same words over and over again. This is advertising. You got to hear things like six times to... Uh, start to accept it into your life. Love, 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 love. Peace, 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 peace. <laughs> I encourage all of us to look at our lives in a new way. To don't drag the past into the present with us. And especially, well, there is no future. There's only now. I'm going to read this real quick. comes from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, verse 23. What you see is what you see, because it is a reflection of what is in your mind. What you see is not fact, in that it cannot be changed or cannot be seen differently. What you see is only fact, in that it is a fact that it is a reflection of what is in your mind now. Accept this fact. Look at the reflection and see what you did not see before. All that you see is in your mind, and you are the power that can change it. Is what you see that which you know to be your truth? If it is not, if it is misperception, oh, excuse me, if it is not, it is misperception, and it will fade away through your willingness to release it to do so. I encourage all of us to investigate our thinking, to investigate what we call our problems, and to look at anything we think of as a problem square in the eye and say, God, I know you're here. Show yourself to me now. Thank you. <laughs>